0: So I will now be talking to, psycholo- to, to um, a counselling psychologist and Imago relationship therapist, Carol Dixon. But before I dive into the questions, I'll tell you just a little bit about uh, Carol Dixon. She's a well-known she's a well-known psychologist and Imago relationship therapist from Durban, who has a couples workshop called Imago relationship therapy. It is life changing. It is a life changing workshop for married couples, and or for people who are wanting to get married. And actually do I have I have Carol Dixon waiting on the line to speak to me.
1: Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Carol. Good, good morning, Paul. How are you this um, I can't say bright and sunny day, <laughs> <but can
0: I? laughs> Yes. It's still it's still quite it's still quite pitch black out there, but I, I, I understand what you mean. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Yes, I'm well, thank you. Oh, good. My gravelly voice is just recovering from a um, some flu, but I hope that it sounds more um, sexy than gravelly on
0: your side. Uh, no, it definitely does. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have noticed. I, I was actually just about to compliment <laughs> you on your voice right now, so <laughs> I really wouldn't have known. And, and you do, sound, you do mm. sound very well, and I'm glad you've made a speedy recovery.
1: Thank you, Paul. Thank okay, you.
0: Perfect. And I would just like to start off by finding out what is an Imago relationship therapist for those of us who are not uh, familiar with the term.
1: Okay, so Imago is a type of therapy which um, assists couples and families to understand one another and to communicate more effectively with one another. Um, And we really do look at the underlying effects of conflict, um, particularly in adults. And um, one of the tenets that we believe in is that the reason we get um, triggered in conflict is because of unresolved emotional needs that come from our own experiences as children growing up. And part of Imago therapy is to unpack those experiences so that we can become more conscious and um, so that we can respond uh, more consciously in the relationship. So um, we do uh, work with couples, and also we have the most amazing courses and, and workshops for parents with small children and also for adult children. It's called a generational workshop where we assist adults and their adult children um, to build on, on their relationship so that they don't take problems that they have experienced in the past into the future
0: that's actually that's brilliant and i love how it's just so well mm. thought out and fleshed out and how you unpack um how you unpack the problems at certain at different stages because at the end of the day as much as we are grown sometimes we are actually exhibiting toxic behavior that is projected to um that we project to either the X or the, the children without even being aware and, and actually realizing because there is always a why behind the what. So it's important to get to the root of the matter to find out what that why is so that children the children uh, will not be negatively impacted going forward. So I, I, I love that whole concept. It's mm. brilliant.
1: Yeah, I do too. I'm He's, absolutely sold on it. And I, I see the results are unbelievable when parents actually can step back and look at their own behavior and understand and decode their own behavior. And also it helps them to understand their children's behavior and decode the developmental needs of their children so that they can make better choices in parenting,
0: and I think that's so important because we are we are actually living in an age now where we have become a lot more emotionally evolved. I mean, during let's say our like my my grandparents' time, uh, that generation, there was there there was no such thing as actually sitting down with the children and finding out how they are feeling in regards to uh, the you know the result of a divorce or whatever the case may be, they just were, I mean, at, at, that was a time when children were, not, were, were seen and not heard. So to have this available to so many parents, especially those who may feel that they are in a, an emotional turmoil of sorts and they don't know who to turn to or what to actually do, this is a brilliant solution for that. And obviously, yes, it, 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 is, it is one that will take time for them to unearth what the problem is, but at least that solution is available to them.
1: Yeah, and you know what's interesting is actually over the course of a weekend, that information can be unearthed and made available and brought up to consciousness. So um, yes, it can take time to learn new behaviors once you understand yourself. Um, That does take time. But the actually unpacking and unearthing and becoming more aware of why you get triggered and why you react, Um, Doesn't have to take that long. It can be, you know, a fairly streamlined process. Yeah.
0: No, true. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'd actually I would like to uh, just before I I ask one more question, just to invite any callers that may have any questions for you. Are you a co-parent that is in need of some advice? Or have you witnessed mature or toxic co-parenting as as a bystander or as a, an aunt and uncle or a friend of that family? And maybe you either just have a query or a comment. The lines are open. Just remember that the number to dial is 021-446-0567. 021-446-0567. You can also WhatsApp us. You have that option. If you do not want to necessarily uh, speak, uh, the number is 072-567-1567. That is 072-567-1567. Also, you do have the option of tweeting us at Cape Talk. And you can also please feel free to welcome us, uh, to SMS us at 31567. That is 31567. All comments and feedback and opinion Opinions are definitely welcome. And now, I'd actually, um, I would, Carol, I'd just love to proceed by asking you this question. You know, um, divorce—it's not something to—it's not something easy to navigate around. But there has to be. I mean, your—I mean, amargo relationship counseling does provide, you know, a reasonable solution for all parties involved. And you know, with the whole process processing of co-parenting, you know. How important is that process and realizing that, okay, this is not just about, uh, as adults, this is not about our feelings. There are children that are involved. What can we do to ensure that they grow up in a healthy environment, emotional environment?
1: For me, co-parenting is singularly the most important task post-divorce when there are children involved. And children almost never want their parents to get divorced. Even if there is abuse, and um, even if there's a toxic relationship, children still would prefer their parents to work it out than get a divorce in most cases. So it's absolutely critical um, that parents take a mature approach um, and they step into a level of maturity and begin to communicate with each other um, which is very ironic because very often the reason that they're getting divorced is because they don't communicate very well. And, and so yes. I, I do find that most parents need assistance. I have come across the, some very amazing people like the man in the article that you quoted who um, are really very mature and they can rise above the situation, they can put the needs of their children first over and above their own but I find that that is absolutely rare. And yes. most of the time parents are more concerned about their own needs or their own perceptions of what their children need True. rather than actually taking the time to consider the developmental stage of the need of their children, the social needs of their children, um, and just simple things like is a complete lack of awareness in terms of, You know, a child has to go to school and then go home to daddy's and they left their homework from the day before at mommy's and the child gets into a state, doesn't want to talk to either parent because they're very aware of the conflict that may result. And so children sit with this turmoil and parents are often oblivious what's going on inside of them
0: and that's the thing that's what i found i mean Mm -hmm. just from seeing um just previous experiences i think parents are so wrapped up in their own emotional turmoil that when it just comes to the practical everyday day to day happening and running of things that both parents are not they're not uh maybe they're, they're lacking um that just being present in that sense where they have to just uh come to grips with the fact that this is the reality of the situation and also the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, life does continue, but now it continues with the child being in two different environments and now having the the child having to adapt to that and to having to adapt to that change. It's not necessarily a smooth change because divorce is traumatic for all parties involved because for the parents, it feels like a failure. For the child, it, it feels like their world is falling apart. So having just a proper routine and not having parents, um, let's say, for instance, uh, undo what the other parent has in place in regards to structure that it's important just to find that line and to just create that sort of balance for the child.
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, communicating with one another in a respectful way mm. and modeling that respectful communication is, is very critical. Absolutely. Um, I, I also think that um, children, at certain ages, need to be involved in the planning and the organizing of their lives. I think it is, it is good for parents to be able to create a structured routine um, where they can look at all the needs of the child. And then um, as children grow older and older, so they can become more and more involved. I think one of the most painful things for children is when they're forced into doing things that Um, They they haven't had any input in. Um, So I do think that 10- and 11-year-olds, for example, are quite capable of sitting down with mom and dad in a mature way um, with a a year planner and talking about, you know, what they want to do for their birthday and and what about their best friend's birthday. And they really are – the input is essential in terms of ensuring that they um, are empowered to feel because what happens with a lot of children is they feel – they feel disempowered, they feel out of control, they feel that nobody's really taking their needs into consideration. Or they feel that their parents are overcompensating. And, and so please. they sorry, carry on.
0: No, 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 go go right ahead. Sorry, sorry. Please.
1: Yeah, so they so the overcompensation is where a child feels that they now are the center of one parent's universe, which also isn't healthy for the child. There needs to be a balance and the uh, children also need to have boundaries. So it's a, it's a very complex task.
0: No, absolutely. And I think you know, in the, in just in in the light of all of these uh, all of these traumatic changes happening for the children involved, at the end of the day, I think what makes the process a bit more manageable is the fact that children are still seen as having a voice. And because the thing is at the end of the day, they want to be in, in, in light of this this whole process, they still want to be regarded as people whose opinions matter because they are they, they have emotions, they are, if anything, they're the ones who are bearing the brunt of this traumatic change. So it's, it is it is helpful to have that sort of uh, balance. in in place for them so that they actually become more balanced individuals as they grow up and when when they enter the real world and also engage um, engage people and engage people going in romantic relationships going forward and also um, uh, another thing that I actually wanted to just to also touch on uh, aside from having you know the the mother and father divorcing I mean there will be that eventual stage where there may be the, the involvement of blended families so for the third party parents who have probably married into have probably married into the sort of situation how can they actually be of assistance without overstepping their bounds what what would you recommend in that instance
1: yeah very very important I think for me one of the most important things first of all is to for the parent who is introducing the third party to their child, to take that process very, very seriously and not assume that the child is actually going to like their choice. Um, So the starting point is to take lots of time for the bonding process between the third person uh, or the step-parent-to-be and your child is to really allow them the space to, first of all, reject that third party because that is quite often the initial stage is is this is the final blow for the child. My parents will never get back together again now because my mom is remarrying or my dad is remarrying. So it it is the final reality that hits them. The time needs to be taken for a bonding process to happen. And then I really think for the third party or the step parent to make sure that they work on the relationship before they step in and try to co-parent. They need to develop trust. They need to show that they're curious about um, the child and their personality and to get to know the child first before they jump in um, and start controlling that child's life. And then to um, always make sure that the biological parent is supported Um, even if they do not agree with the biological parent, to take the conversations into a respectful discussion around what, because the third party or the step parent can often see things that the biological parent cannot see, and they can often offer very valuable support. However, the way they do it is critical, that it needs to be done tentatively with respect um, and caringly Rather than just jumping in there and taking charge and taking control where, where a difficult situation arises,
0: no, absolutely, I I completely agree with that. And it's it, I mean it's it's about helping the child ease into the reality of what's happening gradually, and just always uh, putting their their needs and feelings and and considering them first. And but now I'd also just like to shift just to get back to the parents um and their involvement in this. How do they grow more mature? Uh, maturely growing forward Um, in regards to gaining more maturity what what qualities, what other qualities and characteristics are actually required to be a successful co-parent
1: now you're talking about the parents themselves as co-parents I think that the very first thing they need to do is understand their own emotional needs because divorce happens on a number of levels, the first level is obviously the legal and financial level and that that is a that can either be a very um, litigious, litigious um, process, or it can be it can go smoothly for some very lucky couples. And that process needs to be sorted and get out of the way. And I do believe that that needs to be kept away from the children. They don't need to get involved in that. When it comes to the emotional divorce, that is where problems often arise, where parents do not know. Um, their own emotional needs, and they do not take responsibility for their own emotional needs, and they try and control other people. So the first thing is to know your own emotional needs, to understand that you cannot control another person's behavior. You can only control your own. Um, And to develop good communication skills with the ability to listen before you actually jump in and um, have your say. Um, to step back and try to see the bigger picture and understand and really to be unselfish and to put your own needs to the side and, and look at your children as individual human beings with their own needs and not mini versions of yourself or little pawns that you can move around in order to get back at your ex or to fulfill your own emotional needs. That's quite a tall
0: order. No, it, it, it is. But, you know, it, the, the thing is also it, it involves parents just delving into, uh, their, just into their emotions and finding out what it is that they need to do in order to ensure that there's successful parenting going forward. And actually, I do have a question right now. Um, this question reads, what about the divorces that actually get really messy? So what do you have to say about uh, to people who feel like they can't even talk to their former partners? How do they navigate around that?
1: Yeah, I see it a lot, um, and I really do think they need help. Um, I have many, many situations with, with couples coming into my office, and I have a process called um, creating a parental alliance where I assist couples to take a, a, back, a back step away from their own issues and to really look at the needs of their children or child. And I, I think with um, messy, messy divorces, they become messy often because people involve other family members. They get advice from the wrong um, people. The, the, the legal process becomes um, very adversarial where lawyers are um, putting pressure on either party for certain results. And it, often, it's, it sometimes is not helpful. And I don't want to disparage the legal profession entirely because I think they obviously have a, a role to play. But I think that, that parents do need to consult often with a third party, with a professional, to assist them in areas where they are incompetent um, so and so that their children are protected.
0: That's very valuable advice. I, I really hope that anybody who is in that situation um, was able to just take cognizance of that and that'll make uh, parenting just maybe more manageable going forward. Um, and just to ensure that you know, just that the children grow up in a very healthy environment. It's just gone thirty-one minutes past one. Uh, you are listening to five six seven Cape Talk. And remember that the lines are open if you need to ask uh, Carol a question. The number is zero two one double four six zero five six seven zero two one double four six zero five six seven. Also, feel free to send a WhatsApp on zero seven two five six seven one five six seven. Alternatively, you can send a voice note on that same number, which is 0725671567. Also send us a tweet at Cape Talk. That is at Cape Talk, our handle. And SMSs can be sent to 31567. That is 31567. Now, um, Carol, I'd also like to ask you, because as a single person, I I can only understand to a degree, which is why I was online trying to just understand the do's and don'ts of co-parenting and as i happened to find find them and i agreed agreed with uh, most of the ones that i had ca- that i actually came across so for you personally when it comes to when it comes to being a parent like to co-parent co-parenting uh what do's and don'ts are do you recommend which ones are your priorities what which ones do you should they should parents definitely live by
1: Okay, so I think first of all do show your child that you understand their feelings. So spend some time listening to their feelings. Um, that doesn't always mean you're going to give them their way because they, they do need guidance and structure and boundaries. But listen, listen, listen. You know, I listened to Matthew McConaughey's um Oscar speech the other night and right. you know his lovely phrase, All right, all right, all right. Yes, <laughs> <And> <laughs> yes the signature, yeah. Right. Mm, My one is, listen, listen, listen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I really do think that that is important. Take the time to listen to your children and understand what they're um, worrying about and what their fears and the anxieties are are, are around. They really, really need you. At this time in their life, this is when they need parents the most. And um, to create structure, a predictable routine together is very important for the children. Um, And remember that your children have a life beyond you, that they need to, um, you know, spread their wings socially and interact outside of the home and incorporate that into, um, you know, the way that they schedule their lives. And I think also a very big do is be prepared to lose out. If you're going to get divorced, be prepared to know that you are not going to participate in every single area of your child's life your your ex is going to be sharing some of the milestones that you might not might not be able to be there for and just accept that reality. I think some of the don'ts is this is a big one for me, never, ever, ever, ever disparage or malign or alienate the other parent. And the reason for this, despite your feelings about the other parent, the other parent is your child's parent. And every child feels that they have a little bit of their parent inside of them. And so if I have a little bit of my dad inside of me and my mom is criticizing my dad, it feels like she's criticizing me. And then I feel like I have to defend my dad and protect him. Or I feel that there's something wrong with me because there's something wrong with my dad. It is the worst thing that you can do to a child actually during a divorce process is to alienate um, or malign your, your partner, your ex-partner. And also don't manipulate your child. No matter how good you think you're doing, don't manipulate them um, to do things that are in your best interest that are not in in the, the, in their best interest. Um, and don't take out your anger. On them that should be taken out, or you know, or should be resolved by yourself, and um, and do not use your child as a go-between. Um, this is a big one. They, you know, parents don't want to talk to each other. So I, I, I had one case many many years ago where the parents were divorced and they had not spoken to each other for five years, and the child was the era of communication between the two of them, and it was extremely emotionally damaging for the child Uh, don't make false promises mm -hmm. um if you say you're going to come and see and visit your child or pick up your child at two o'clock be there at two o'clock um and don't overcompensate especially materialistically don't buy them things to to make up for your guilt uh rather spend time with them um, I could go this, this list could go on forever and no, absolutely no
0: the, the thing is there, there is quite a, I mean a long tabulated list of do's and don'ts but I must say uh, with the first one that you mentioned I actually I agree with you 200% about not making disparaging comments about the other parent because already the poor child or children feel that they are caught in the middle of this messy process if it is a, if in this messy and, and confusing process and now to have the thing is now they feel that's, um, being in the middle, that the par- by the parents doing that, they're forced to take sides, and that is not that is very unfair for the child, and that in a sense is also a form of manipulation as well. And also with with the last one is that um, in regards to compensating with uh, buying them uh, certain uh, certain possessions, maybe getting the child a, uh, a certain model of a cell phone before they're even too ready for that, or you know, I I must say that I, I must commend a cousin of mine. She's actually she she is actually. A co-parent, and she's made it a point to not try and guilt parent her children. She, her two daughters, two beautiful daughters. Um, she makes it a point to ensure that um, just because they have been dealt this card in life, they are not victims, and they, they, and also to let them know that they do have a choice as women growing up uh, as to how this will shape them. And she tries to make it a very uh, just emotionally healthy. And safe environment for them, and I must I must take my hat off to her. So I must say that uh, I do wonderful. agree with that sentiment. Yes, so yeah, she that, is mastering that. co-parenting. So I just I need to give her credit wonderful. where it's due. And uh, we're going delicious. to yes, that's the thing. And uh, this is so important for co-parents listening. Um, and I think we're going to wrap up the conversation. So uh, Carol, mm-hmm. I would love to thank you mm-hmm. so much for your insights into what makes for successful co-parenting. I'd like, just like to ask you one last question: How can can our listeners get in contact with you, uh, should they want to engage you regarding imago relationship uh, therapy and future workshops? Where can they go to?
1: Okay, thank you so much for that. And my um, my contact number is o eight two four six three. Okay, all right. Okay,
0: all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we can just have the uh, website, uh, just the uh, you're the website that they can contact you, or an email address. Uh, just okay. for your yes. Okay.
1: So my email address is emargo, starting with an I for ink, M A G O C for Carol, D for Dixon at gmail Okay. And the website is dot dot z A. Oh perfect. And then um, and
0: then um, which which website can they go to? www.imagoafrica.imagoafrica.co.za. Okay, so that's yes. imagoafrica.co.za. Uh, yes. While this has been yes. a very insightful discussion, uh, thank you so much, and I, I look forward to your workshops. Uh, just in, uh, just nurturing um, more parents and just encouraging them to be better co-parents going forward, and to just obviously keep their children in mind. Uh, so thank, thank you so you much. So
1: cool. Pleasure. And just to let you know, we have a workshop coming up on the 6th and 7th of May. Perfect. That is in Gauteng, um, up in in Johannesburg. And um, yes, that's the next one. And we really encourage parents to come and to bring their children um, to the workshop in order for them to learn how to make the connection. So make it last.
0: That will be perfect. So, parents who are on Gauteng, I hope you caught that information. If not, then you can just uh, visit the website. Uh, So, thank you so much, Carol, and I hope you have the rest of a good weekend. Thank
1: you, you too. Thank you, all